Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Three Down Nation podcast. Today we're discussing the CFL's business model, player retirements and this xfl business but first dunkster the cfl presented the cflpa with a proposal to start the season on time with the caveat that player salaries would be reduced by 20 percent until fans are in the stands what can you tell us about it first of all buddy the most intriguing part of this whole proposal isn't even the proposal itself (laughs) because the league office made the Players Association sign a non-disclosure agreement. And then what happened, Mr. Hodge? Well, leaked anyway. (laughs) It came from the league office. So to me, this was planned that the league wanted to put the initial offer out there with an on-time start tag with it so that they could shift the blame to the players if they don't accept it. Right, We often talk about being first and out there, especially with news, in regards to breaking stories. And I think that's the way that the league has looked at this initial proposal. As for the proposal, it's on a sliding scale. So if no fans are in the stands forever, many games that they play, it's a 20% pay reduction. But if It actually happens, and there are fans that come to CFL football games in 2021. Depending on the capacity of those stadiums, it can slide up, and players can get more money if more fans are in the stands. There aren't people that expect stands to be full in 2021, so it's difficult for the players to look at it and think, well, we already took a 20% pay cut that really wasn't by the book, let's say, because that was really just teams getting together and saying, hey, we're going to spend a $4.75 million on the salary cap, which is the floor, and now we're going to have to take another 20% to get on the field. I already think that the majority of CFL players, especially non-quarterbacks, are paid low as it is. I mean, you think of the minimum salary being, what, sixty-five or $66,000? For guys to put their bodies through 18 games... To be quite honest, it's not a lot of money. Yes, they choose to do it, but still, they need to be compensated properly, and I don't think the proposal reflects that. Yeah, and and look, the, the, the players haven't formally been asked to take a pay cut. There has been no... Uh, at least again on an uh, you know on the up and up there hasn't been a directive from the the CFL that that's been publicized where they've said hey players are taking a cut but you and I both know and readers of the site will know that almost every veteran player on any CFL team has taken a pay cut or a reduction of some kind this winter and the reason why I think you're right players have every right to be upset about this is is that teams right they they reduced their cap for the 2021 season the operations cap went down by about 20 percent but players have already taken a cut they've taken that cut and and the league office also took a cut randy ambrosi talked about reducing his own pay but the way that the players are looking at it is hey 
We took a cut. The coaches, the personnel people, they took a cut. The league office took a cut. Now why are we being asked to take a second cut, right? No one else has taken a second cut, and I I fully see it. I see it from the owner's perspective, right? The CFL relies on its gate revenue to be financially viable, but I certainly see it from the player side as well, saying, hey, we've all taken one cut. Why are we the only ones taking a second cut? Because that doesn't seem fair to them, and it doesn't seem fair to me either. And a lot of players are looking at it, Hodge, and saying, well, I might as well just keep what I'm doing what I'm doing, right? We've heard the stories. Vernon Adam has talked about himself driving Uber Eats and making some extra cash on the side. I'm not saying he's going to do that for the rest of his life, but there are guys that have gone and gotten full-time jobs since the pandemic hit, and a number of guys because of the uncertainty. And to me, overall, when you look at that, the league's got to be careful here because there are a lot of players and big name ones potentially that are thinking about, well, is it worth it with all of this uncertainty and what might happen in the future with the XFL and driving down salaries for me to even play pro football anymore? Some are going to say no. Haji, you wrote an article this week about the CFL's business model not being broken and even had a full debate about it with TSN's Dave Naylor. What are your takeaways from the reaction to the piece? Well, I was delighted with with the reaction that I got because it got people talking, it got people interested, and the thing I was I was really pleased to be able to do is just bring the numbers to the table. And and basically what I did is I went back, I went old school, I went to the library. Well, my, not not the public library, my library. And I dug out Frank Costantino's great book, A Passing Game, A History of the CFL, where he's got a bunch of facts and figures from back in the day. And when you compare the CFL's business model to 1976 to today, there's a lot of things that stand out. And listen, I, I did a 50-minute podcast with Naylor earlier in the week. If you haven't checked that out, I'd encourage you to. But the short version is CFL revenues have at least doubled uh, even taking inflation into account since the mid seventies, uh, I think there's an argument to be made that they've quadrupled. But and that that is the case according to the book, they have quadrupled. I certainly think they've doubled. They've likely tripled. They may have even quadrupled. But we know that TV revenue, as part of that, is up seven hundred percent, and player wages have only gone up by fifty percent. And so when you look at that, and and you look at 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 how the CFL at least in the last while has seemingly you know been broken this narrative is kind of being pushed uh by some critics that oh the the, the CFL's business model is just not viable it, it's just broken and it's broken beyond repair and you can't fix Toronto and these problems that are there I I wanted to inject some real numbers into the conversation look at things from that perspective and no, in my opinion, the CFL's business model is not broken. Is it flawed? Yeah. Is it perfect? No, but it is not broken. It is still functioning. It could function better. And I believe that the CFL with the proper leadership is a financially viable enterprise. And until Hodge, the teams actually gain some equity with the fans and potentially even media across the country in terms of being honest about their numbers. Obviously, we can see Saskatchewan, Winnipeg, and Edmonton because they're community-owned teams. But there are people that I've spoken to, numerous people, that have worked for those franchises and said that they even worked there and they couldn't understand the accounting when they saw that report that was put out publicly. So until that actually happens, 
we don't really know the real numbers. Now, it's really interesting to me that there's been this about face that has happened now where the CFL wants to peddle this idea that it needs a merger with the XFL and it's really the only way to go when it wasn't long ago that Mark Cohan tripled with a three, tripled revenues, and Randy Ambrosi came in as commissioner and boasted himself about wanting to double league revenues. And you had the number in your piece. The last time we played football, it was in and around 200 to $240 million. You give any business, especially a sports league, that starting point, they should be able to make themselves profitable. I know in the last segment, we just talked about player salaries getting about as low as they are, and you mentioned it. They've only gone up 50% since 1976, which is unbelievable because of the toll that football can take on your body. But until the transparency comes in terms of the numbers, and man, even if it just only happened with the Canadian Football League Players Association, that would be a great starting point. But I don't really foresee that in the future. Yeah, people want to talk about the CFL's aging fan base. Well, I've got an article this week about the age demographics of all the CFL. I've also got an article about attendance over the last 50 years, looking at the real numbers. And yeah, the CFL does have a demographics problem. Younger people, and particularly younger men in this country, seem to be favoring the NFL over the CFL. Uh, that is that is that to say that that. You know, young people in this country don't care about the CFL? No, because that's not what the data says. But it does say the NFL in the hearts and minds of younger people in this country has taken the lead. Is that a concern? Yes. I'm not saying that the picture is perfect for the CFL. But when you've got a, you know, the Grey Cup as consistently a top five to top 10 broadcast in this country, it frankly boggles my mind that we've got people suggesting that this league has grown irrelevant. I don't think that's true, and I won't have it. You mentioned young fans, Hodge. Well, the buzz around young men, not even just in Canada, but I think all over the globe, is about Manscaped, the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. (laughs) They obsess over technology developments to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. Manscaped is trusted by over 2 million men worldwide if only that many people watched every single cfl game (laughs) we have an exclusive offer for our listeners 20 percent off plus free shipping with the code fansided20 at manscaped.com taking good care of the ball is essential in professional football so why should you or i or everyone out there hodge be any different. Take care of your balls with Manscaped's wide range of excellent products, including anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer. You're already put deodorant under your armpits. Why not other places to keep it fresh, you know? Get 20% off and free shipping with the code FANSIDED20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code FANSIDED20 from your boys, Dunk and Hodge, unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. We thank our partners at Manscaped for that. Dunkster, we have been talking all about the 2021 CFL season. You got a quote that was really interesting from Ontario Sports Minister Lisa McLeod, who said she is optimistic about a safe return to play for the CFL. Does that mean all politicians are on board with this happening? 
maybe not all of them, but you so slowly, excuse me, see that shift happening. And Lisa McLeod's words have been pointed. Last year, she called on the federal government to support the league financially. That did not happen. But she's selected her words very carefully. And the fact that she says she's optimistic and not too long ago as well, said that she's open to the idea of a Canadian bubble, bodes well for the CFL in terms of getting back on the field. It seems like more and more... You know, obviously the NHL is playing here already. The Toronto Blue Jays and their president, Mark Shapiro, is optimistic that the Jays could potentially play games in Toronto, which means you would have American teams traveling over here. And the federal government just granted NHL players special seven-day quarantine rules ahead of the trade deadline. So you factor all of that in, and it seems like the politicians could be, dare I say, on board with the CFL kicking off in 2021. Yeah, and that's really exciting. And and I said it on the podcast last week when Craig Reynolds comes out and says, "Hey, we've talked to all the NHL or all the uh, the NFL teams who had fans in the stands. None of those games were linked to super spreader events. None of them were linked to in-state spikes for COVID. I'm sorry. We have big buildings in Canada, particularly in places like Edmonton, in BC. Uh, they're open air stadiums, right? Even BC's got the retractable roof." on BC Place Stadium. Let's get fans back in the stands. Let's use some common sense. I'm not saying we throw caution to the wind. I'm not saying COVID's not real. It doesn't matter. What I am saying is let's use some common sense. If we've had a ton of places, college football teams, NFL teams, all kinds of sports, using fans in stands, I think it's time to make it happen in Canada in a reasonable, responsible way. We can get butts in seats, I believe, in 2021. Let's make it happen. Delvin Bro and Bryant Mitchell announced their retirements this week at the ages of 31 and 28, respectively. Do you see this as a worrisome trend for the CFL? I do. I really do, Dunkster. And Delvin Bro's retirement came before this 20% announcement. The Bryant Mitchell retirement came after it. I don't know this for sure, but I imagine those two things are related. I've been chatting with people around the league, and there's a lot of speculation happening on the part of uh, of, of personnel men in, in terms of agents, in terms of all kinds of people who are saying, look, I, I'm not sure how many of our guys are coming back. And I'm, I'm not saying every CFL player is on the verge of retirement, but what I am saying is there are lots of big names, some of whom are household names, some of whom are maybe not household names, but they're, they're great role players, guys who are the backbone of this league who are saying, look, this was not a normal off season, right? In a normal off season, if you get, you know, you know, messed around with a little bit with your contract, might leave a bad taste in your mouth, but you're not retiring. Well, these guys haven't played football in 18 months. You said it, Dunk. They've got off-field jobs, and some of these guys are making 50, 60, 70, 80 grand starting on full second careers, right? Jobs that they could grow at and and jobs that they could see themselves doing successfully for the next 5, 10, 15, 20 years into you know their their prime earning years where you know it's like okay i could go back and play in the cfl but if they cut games i'm i'm only making you know uh maybe 12 game checks so then i'm down 33 percent on my full salary and now they're talking about clawing back 20 percent. it's like why would i go back to make you know twenty five thousand dollars put my body at risk quit my job in a pandemic when i could stay it doesn't make sense for cfl players and i think that there could be a lot of potential retirements coming up whether it happens shortly or before training camp provided it gets underway 
And that's the key, my man. If the uncertainty continues to be there, then players are just going to say, I'm better off focusing on putting food on the table for my family in the job that I'm currently doing and not having to hope and train and put all this time and effort into potentially playing. That needs to be taken out of the air before decisions can be made. Commissioner Randy Ambrosi wrote a letter in support of Bill C-218, which would legalize single-game sports betting in Canada. He called it a vital economic tool for the CFL. Do you agree, Dunkster? I really do believe it could be vital for the CFL and one that could bring in a lot of money, depending on how they set it up. And Brozy also feels like it's a way to attract the younger demographic or those lost generations. And I'll give you my example. The boys that I talk about that I played with University of Guelph that I'm still tight with, that I play NFL fantasy football together with, they're betting on the NFL every single weekend. They also bet on other random things, but they've talked about it before that there's random tennis matches going on. Maybe it'll be golf. That if nothing else is really going on in the summer other than baseball, I could see that putting eyeballs on the CFL that, hey, even if you only got five or ten bucks on the game, at that point, you're invested. And it's more about the bragging rights. If you're on a hot streak and you can tell your buddies, hey, I've won eight out of the last ten bets that I've hit and I'm making money, that's a big talking point with the fellas or even with the ladies or whoever your group of friends is, right? So I think there are a lot of avenues there that people can enjoy the game in a safe and respectable way, but also allowing the CFL to have that dearly needed new source of revenue. Yeah, that's a great point about the bragging rights because I know for me when I put, you know, a little bit of money on a game, you know, I, I find that I'm <laughs> remarkably <laughs> remarkably invested in the result and sometimes i kind of look back and i'm like wait i literally put 10 bucks on this game 10 bucks does not mean anything to me uh but (laughs) it's worth more for the bragging rights you're absolutely right because if you go six for six on a sunday that that's that's gold and 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 i'll say this somebody said this to me this week it's probably gonna have insider talk uh soon uh if if the cfl had a betting partner let's say an exclusive one and you said, okay, we're going to promote your brand in all of our stadiums. We're going to push prop bets live in the in the game on the Jumbotron. We're going to get you in the broadcast on television. And heck, we're going to give you a logo on player jerseys just for your exclusive betting brand. We're not going to allow betting brands of any other, any other variety to participate in those things. What is that worth to you? My bet is it's millions of dollars, millions of dollars. And that is where, in my opinion, the CFL should be looking to to really build its revenue as we were talking about. Totally agree, man. That exclusivity is worth a lot of money in terms of the branding. And as we well know, Hodge, with our good friends at Bodog Canada, that space is about to absolutely explode, especially when it becomes formally legalized in Canada. That there is going to be a battleground with those betting companies in terms of getting their brand out there and obviously having the most clients, let's say, betting and using their website. So to me, I really see that as almost the way of the future in terms of sports overall. We've already talked about it with Bodog Canada. We have special lines that we can get made up for ourselves and it makes it more enticing. And when the book or the odds makers, let's say, 
make somebody the favorite, it becomes a talking point as well. So it's intriguing all around. Dan Barnes of Post Media spoke with Daniel Cohen, a global media rights consultant with Octagon, who said a CFL-XFL TV partnership could be worth $100 million U.S. million per season. Does that entice you to the idea of a potential merger? I'm going to say this as plainly as I can. This number to me is preposterous. And I'm not saying that because I don't. I think Daniel Cohen is lying. I think, you know, I, I, I don't know anything about global media rights. But what I'm saying is, if this is a number that the CFL and the XFL could get, this is evidence that this is an avenue that is not worth pursuing on, on any level. This is a joke to me. This is a joke. The CFL's current television deal, and these numbers are also courtesy of Dan Barnes, is worth $50 million a season plus extra bonuses and incentives above and beyond just the normal ratings. So that equates approximately to $5.6 million per CFL team. It gets split nine ways. Now, with the way that teams reported on the community side, like Saskatchewan, Winnipeg, Edmonton, those numbers are generally a little bit lower, reported around 4.5, and I think that's because the CFL, uh, as a league office, takes some fees out of there, does makes the accounting look nice. If it's $100 million U.S. per season, split between the XFL's teams and the, NF, or, and, and the CFL's teams, rather, you're looking at $7.1 million Canadian per CFL team, which means a boost of $1.5 million. Now, am I going to sneeze at $1.5 million? No, I think we'd all like to have $1.5 million sitting in our pockets, but we're talking about merging the CFL and the XFL, which would mean the death of the ratio, the death of 12-man football, the death of three-down football, the death of, of what you know so many hardcore fans in this country have said. Every poll I've seen from that, that that's talked to or at least asked on Twitter, you know, asking hardcore CFL fans, hey, would you support a merger? Would you watch a four-down CFL? 30 to 40% consistently say absolutely not. So you're talking about cutting your fans by 30 or 40% for an extra $1.5 million on a TV deal? Get this crap out of here. I'm sorry. I'm so sick of this. This is ridiculous. This is This is unbelievable to me that this is even being considered. Hodge, I love the passion, but it all comes down to money. And to be quite honest, most people, whether they admit it or not, are resistant to change, especially with something that's been around for so long. And the money in this TV deal, although when you break it down like you did, doesn't seem like a lot. It's about the future potential of it, that if you grow this league, that television contract could grow. We just saw the deal at the NFL sign for over $100 billion, not 100 million, like we're talking about here, 100 blah, 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 billion with a B. So that's what the CFL and the XFL are talking about. Now, I'm obviously taking the other side because I want to provide some balance on the podcast and share what the presidents and the owners and obviously Commissioner Randy Ambrosi are thinking. Do I like the thought of the CFL changing? No. Do I think there's a lot of risk of merging with the XFL? I do. But you have to look at the new potential of it. And I'll say that alongside the fact that I still think the CFL could do much more in Canada in terms of growing at the grassroots level and getting more eyeballs on their product. That said, Canada is only so big, right? 30 million people. I believe that's about the same number that live in the entire state of California. The U.S. has about over 300 million people. 
the more eyeballs you can put on your product. And yes, even if you only started 100 million, you're looking to grow it. Do I love the idea of the CFL that we love and know being changed? No. But if it can actually benefit the league for once, then I'm willing to at least listen to it. Okay. Uh, I'll tell you what. You can take your extra little XFL money and you can use it to buy a ticket to a game in Regina when the XFL wants to start the season on March 8th when it's minus 20 and take a look at how good the attendance is around you and tell me if that extra $1.5 of TV money was worth it because I'm betting you're going to lose it on attendance alone starting at that point of the season and playing your entire year competing against the NHL. That's just my take. Anyways, folks, it's time for a break. After that, or after that we'll be back with Hodge's Heritage Moment. On this day in 1945, Lieutenant Colonel Jeff Nicklin was killed in action during the Second World War at the age of 32. The Winnipeg native spent seven seasons playing for his hometown Blue Bombers from 1934 to 1940 and was named a West Division All-Star three times, winning a Grey Cup in 1939. The Jeff Nicklin Memorial Trophy was created in 1946 and has since been awarded to the most outstanding player in the West Division. Though not formally retired, the Blue Bombers no longer circulate number 28. Dunkster, in my view, there's only one word to describe somebody like Jeff Nicklin, and that is the word hero. 110%, my man. And let's get to it the fastest three minutes in podcast <laughs> across Canada. <laughs> Hamilton Mayor Fred Eisenberg said that the city will be ready to host the 2021 Grey Cup if the season goes ahead. Is that a big deal? It is, yes. And Eisenberger said if they can get 70 to 75% of, I believe it was either Hamiltonians or Canadians taking up the vaccine, he would feel comfortable with big events in the city after September. The Grey Cup, obviously, scheduled in November. Canadian receiver Chase Claypool was allegedly involved in a bar fight in California earlier in March. Have you ever been in a bar fight, Hutch? The only fight I've ever been in a bar is fighting the temptation to order a second round of wings. That's the only fight. Just Windsor native. In, man. Don't fight that. <laughs> okay. It's protein. I'll get it in. Windsor native Tyrone Crawford is expected to retire following a nine year career with the Dallas Cowboys. Are you going to miss watching him play? Yeah, man. Obviously, he wears the Canadian flag so proudly. And if it wasn't for some injuries, I could have seen his career lasting even longer. But a nine year run is way against the odds, especially for a kid from Canada. Much respect. John Argonaut signed first-round CFL draft pick offensive lineman there in Churchill. Do you think he's going to be legit? I think so. I think the Argos believe there's a chance he could play tackle where he played uh, at the University of Regina. And uh, I really liked him coming through the draft last year in 2020. Canadian tight end Anthony Claire remains a free agent after a four-year stint with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Do you think he'll get signed? It's hard to say at this point. Last year, when he was re-signed by the Bucks, it had already happened. And I feel like the longer that he's out there, the chances go down. But that said, in the NFL, a lot of times teams want to wait and see what happens on draft day, who they get. We know Eau Claire is a proven blocker and is said to be among the best in the NFL. So I think he'll find a place, but it might just take a little longer than some people feel like. Canadian kicker Liram Hyralahu was cut this week by the Carolina Panthers. 
You think he'll get another shot in the NFL? I hope so, because let's be honest, he's got one real shot so far. It was with the Rams. He did a great job, and they cut him anyway. So I want to see him get a real shot, and if he makes the most of it again, he deserves to play on Sundays. Former CFL star Alex Singleton was officially re-signed by the Eagles on Thursday. That was the easiest decision ever, right? 100%, my man. That guy led the Eagles in tackles. I would say would have led the NFL in tackles if he just started from day one of the season, my man. You know it. Write it down for next year. I think if there's a prop bet at Bodog Canada, they should place it on that guy to lead the NFL in tackles. And that Eagles defense was not very good. So for them to lock Singleton in in that flowing hair makes a ton of sense. Canadian receiver Josh Palmo ran a 4.51 40-yard dash at his Tennessee Pro Day. Where do you think he gets picked in the NFL draft? Well, this is a guy who's been really rising in the draft conversation. You know, if you go back a year, I don't think anybody suggests that Josh Palmer gets picked before Chase Claypool, or pardon me, between uh, before Chuba Hubbard. Now Hubbard's being talked about as around five, six, seven guy. Palmer's gone up from potential UDFA. I think he could go as high, honestly, as the third round. I think that'd be amazing. Cody Fajardo, last one, is against the CFL XFL merger. Hey, just like me. Are you with him, Dougster? <laughs> we know you're with him, Haji. And I see his points. He feels like it's going to dilute the CFL. I would certainly agree with him there. But he also spoke to the idea of the CFL champ playing the XFL champ. Although there are other people saying that maybe that wouldn't create as much juice and intrigue as you could if you had the teams in the leagues playing for longer so I think Fajardo is a very measured smart guy so I'll certainly take his thoughts into the equation we'll see if the CFL does thank you as always folks for listening to the three down nation podcast we'll see you next week Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.